0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Masaro Method. Today we welcome Melania Podolyak, who is not the wife of Michelo Podolyak, a, an advisor to <laughs> President Zelensky. A very important distinction, uh, and is not related to him in any way. Uh, Melania is an advisor for the Fertula Foundation and is a major political activist in her own right. She's an important representative of a generation of Ukrainians Born in an independent Ukraine, who are determined to see their country whole, free, and prosperous within the EU and NATO. She's also quite a good shot, and and I and I advise everyone to watch her Instagram videos on her on her shooting. It's very impressive. Anyway, as always, please like and subscribe. It gets these videos seen and keeps the channel growing. So Melania, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Paul, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And it's always a pleasure to speak with you. It was great to see you in the United States and meet you for the first time. And since then, I've wanted to have you on the show. She's a lot of fun to talk to. So, Melania, (laughs) to to get us started, could you tell us about your background? You know, I mean, how did you become involved with the Tula Foundation? What were you doing in politics uh, before the war and, and, and I guess now?
1: Yeah. So before the twenty fourth of February, I was what they would call usually a political advisor. I worked um, at elections before before the war. Um, I worked both in the Ukrainian Parliament, Verkhovna Rada, as advisor to Vice Speaker uh, in two thousand eighteen, uh, and I worked in local councils. So virtually, I've been um, ever since graduating. I've been engaged in the sort of political life in Ukraine. Um, and, yeah, it, it, that's, that's been pretty much it. And then all, all of that had to go away because on the 24th, our priorities shifted. And uh, maybe a couple of days after the war began, I got a call from Serhii Pratula, the founder of the foundation. We, were, we knew each other before because we study at a master's program together.
0: Yeah. Right, so <laughs> you, 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 just, you spend your days, like, sitting next to this guy at a desk. Yeah, like the famous yeah. Serhii Pratula. You just, like, sit next to him and you learn in Levine. He's a classmate. I mean, is that, is that yeah. real?
1: Like really? Yeah, it's for, for real. No, no, he, he, like uh, we missed a couple of classes because of war obviously, but like after the 24th, but before we, we would go there like we have this special system where we learn like um, every week, every month. So like you do your classes, your lectures for a week, and then you do your, your homework and, and write your essays and whatnot. So we did that uh, for, yeah, for a year, I think uh and that's how we met and also um his uh, colleagues people who, that worked for him uh in political sense because that he uh, is also a politician he used to be before the war uh, i knew them pretty well and they come from the civic society as well so we had a very good relationship and he called me like i think on the 27th or 28th and he suggested that i help them because i live in beef and they had i mean we all had logistical issues with Kyiv, we couldn't Immediately, you yeah. transferred goods. Yes, yeah, so we found a warehouse here, and I managed that warehouse for good six to seven months, I think. And then when we could our like lift our heads above the water a little bit, um, we could do more. And then I could, you know, I I wasn't necessarily trained to unload trucks of aid. <laughs> so uh, when that all got settled, and um, I actually got to help foundation in the way I was trained for, so yeah, international relations, grants, fundraising, and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, you're putting you're putting your
0: studies to work in a very uh hands-on sort of way, you know. Yeah. Um getting getting away from international the- relations theory into international relations practice.
1: Practice, I'm, yeah. I <laughs> I I'm
0: I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sad to say, you know. Um so before the war, you were running and and well-known for your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um I mean, so you've you've since put that on hold while you're working for Ukrainian victory is that right or, or are you still do you still have an online presence I mean you're, you're on Twitter
1: yeah <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah um I got a, a large following during the war because I tweeted a lot in English and tried to like less in a newsy kind of way because we have enough of that I was just trying to do more of an explanatory work you know also uh, uh, oh I know that's how we got that's how we got there that's how we got yeah, that's we got to <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> Uh, but, like, and also quarreling with like Elon Musk and stuff, that's my thing absolutely um yeah, contra- I love controversy Who and explanatory tweets, yeah, <laughs> I know, um, and yeah, I really, really want to go back to youtube. i I did a live stream like a week ago. It's just really difficult with the um blackouts and everything yeah. it's been it's been more difficult to do it, but I'm really eager to come back and now uh, actually the you know the 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 timetable and my you know. It, it allows me to think more about it, so I'm, I'm gonna come back to it. But it's difficult for me since my channel was dedicated to like Ukrainian in- internal politics about like judicial reform, corruption, and other things. And now all of that kind of is in the background, and I'm really struggling with coming up with formats. Maybe I'm gonna do it in English. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna you know, uh, you know, make a competition a little bit on YouTube. What do you think? Yeah, you're too
0: you're too international now.
1: Yeah, I know. You know? I, like, it's it's not even that. It's just like it, it's it all seems so um like it's not as important as our victory. Like, I, I'm still I still yeah. still have concerns about Ukraine politics. I mean, it's not it's not perfect anyway. But now it just seems to me that we have our priorities. They're a bit different, you know. So, and I I'm way more supportive of my government now than I was before the 24th. That all yeah, be taken in mind. That seems
0: really consistent sort of across the board. I mean, how, how has that changed for you going from someone who was, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think for a lot of young Americans, very critical of your government, you know, and, and very critical of your president and, and, and so on and so forth, suddenly into basically like, okay, well, we got to put this away for now, because we've got to, we've got to stop the Russian invasion. I mean, you know, just just how is that? how has that felt? And how has that worked?
1: Um, it was kind of natural, to be honest, even though, I mean, uh, to say I was a critic of Zelensky and, or, and actually the president before that, Poroshenko, is an understatement. We had like, uh, it, it's, a, it's an understatement. Um, uh, it was like, you know, name calling was a thing, you know, it was not, it was not safe. Like it was really unsavory, but he, I mean, he deserved it back then. They did some, 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 some really, really, um, you see, now I'm being careful. <laughs> no, 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 don't be careful. <laughs> no, this, is, this is no, no holds weird. barred. No <laughs> <Yeah>. zone. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, because everybody, there was no war, so everybody was kind of relaxed. I mean, they were doing certain steps that were not in line with what we believe to be like rule of law. Uh, the judicial reform, judicial system is was of the primary concern for me because our judicial system is very – it's it's so independent – that you have to actually you know that that they are in charge of so many things it's 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 dangerous, yeah. and the corruption as well, and the police reform, um, and rule of law, you've had a very dear friend of mine uh, on your channel, Stamenko. We had a lot to do with his case, yeah, yeah, so um I was very vocal about uh, President Zelensky's mistakes and his team's mistakes. But on the 24th, I mean, I guess when your life is in danger, we didn't know what to expect, honestly. I didn't know. Uh, Even though I can't say I'm very surprised that Zelensky turned out to be the way he is. Because after all, he's Ukrainian, you know, like it's not. (laughs) He's our guy. He's our guy. Um, Mm. And uh, he kind of, he actually managed expectations very well. I mean, we weren't going anywhere. Like, nobody was going anywhere. And I knew for a fact that he wouldn't leave either. So uh, now my job is to help him win the war the way I can, like every Ukraine. And then when that's done, I'm going to come back to the arguments I had before. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> mean gonna... it's, that is a beautiful thing, though.
0: Right? And I mean, I mean, in some in some sense that is what i'd hope america would be in this in similar circumstances that we we have a we have a robust and perhaps even 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 uh, uh, as they say in diplomacy lively you know lively. I, I, I i mean you know political political debate in peacetime and then in wartime we all come together and win the war you know um and and i think that that's kind of a in one sense it 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 speaks very 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 well of ukrainians that they're that they're able to close ranks like that and have one another's backs uh, and then and then and then it also speaks well that they're able to once once victory happens back off and get back to criticizing one another because it, it that's how you i mean i don't need to tell you but that's but that's how you um achieve reform right i mean that's how yeah, you, that's, that's how true. you get the job done you know is 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 you, you get the stuff out there i mean people i guess You know, I've worked on um, anti corruption reforms in Ukraine for a very long time. That's actually my, it's funny, that's kind of like my background. (laughs) But, but, there you go. There you go. Sort of the American perspective. I wrote a big report on anti corruption reforms in Ukraine and all that kind of stuff years ago. Well, then you know
1: what kind of concerns I had before the war.
0: Well, yeah. And, and, but I mean, it's, I I think that there is kind of this, first of all, because of Russian disinformation, but also because. Um, of the way that Ukrainians are so open about their problems. There's kind of a feeling that the problems are bigger than they are. Whereas, yeah. whereas actually when you're open about problems, that's great. That means you can solve them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, the thing is that that's what I was trying to let people know that we, you said it very well, that we are very open about our problems. It's so true because if you listen to stuff people say about Ukraine, even what Ukrainians say about Ukraine, It sounds like we're this horrible, corrupt, dysfunctional, failed state, which we aren't because we're not. Um, And then, but I guess, yeah, clearly. Uh, And also that was like one of the biggest narratives that Russia was trying to push as a result. Like, oh, look, Ukraine is a failed state. You shouldn't, you know, help them. They're not a real country. Well, does a failed state have, I mean, functioning police, functioning military, free and fair elections with Different outcome every time. Excuse me. Yeah, so and then also another thing that like really bothered me after the 24th is that We were actually doing I mean in comparison to now we were doing so great It it makes me really sad because everything was developing the economy was developing We had our you know hiccups, but the reforms were there It was getting better and now we're like taking like 10 steps back which 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 really bothers me but then again I think we can come out of this very well as well. We'll fix it. Just as long as the Russians are gone.
0: Well 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 it's because you were doing so well in part that Russia invaded when it did, because it was like, true, true. Oh, oh my God, like, like Ukraine is racing ahead.
1: Yeah. Ukraine is doing all of these things we call bad and is succeeding. Like that, yes. is, that cannot happen. That is I unacceptable.
0: Know. It's unacceptable yeah. that Ukraine should be allowed to be so successful and that Ukrainians should be so prosperous. I mean, I mean it, it sounds
1: if- morbid, but when uh, Putin was doing his address on the 24th, like the first one, the long one, the the history lesson one, which was, I mean, for the insane people. He was, he referenced judicial reform there and ended the corruption. And I was like, why do you even know about the, I was, it was so weird for me because he, he said it like, oh, the, and the judicial, and the so called judicial, like if, like the judicial reform is bad, it's not. And I was like, why do you even talk about this? It was, it yeah. was very bizarre.
0: Yeah. Well, well, it's, well, it's, I mean, that's the thing. I always, I always try to, when I think about Putin, I always try to think about him as like rational from his perspective, like the notion that he's irrational, I think, is wrong. Like he when he when he says when he says that, what he means is like Ukraine's reforms are leading Ukraine to become a rule of law, prosperous state, which means they're not part of our orbit, which is the kleptocracy, you know, corrupt state. And that's unacceptable to us, you know, Um, and 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 that's you know, I mean, it's sick. I mean, yeah, it is sick.
1: But that's, but that's the imperialist kind of, that's the, that's the idea. It's not, it's not, not logical to him. It's perfectly logical from the perspective of an invader. Of course we don't want this country to be self-sufficient and, you know, all these things. We need them to be dependent on us so we can inflict our influence on them. So from his perspective, everything is going, I mean, everything is logical. It's just, we don't like it because yeah we don't like genocide nobody does like
0: right right no it's it's yeah it's it's logical from an imperialist perspective it's lo- i mean you don't want to lose your you don't want to lose your what you view as your colony basically yeah, yeah. you know and they're yeah. like what the um so, <laughs> exactly so let's 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 as we as we you know this is this is good i i mean of course you know we are facing down a vocal minority in the United States, a vocal minority of politicians and, and so on and so forth who seem insistent upon Russian talking points that Ukraine is an eternal basket case that is that is corrupt and oh my Zelensky is a money launderer. I mean don't even get me started because I don't I don't under I don't understand this narrative, but but again, I mean it seems very shot through with uh anti-establishment, contrarian kind of thinking, kind of like ultra skepticism and whatever else. But then of course, this is the kind of population that like Putin really feeds on, right? Because he's like, ah yes, here's the Russian narrative. I mean, what do you what do you say to these people? I mean, what do you what do you as a as a Ukrainian who's worked in this space and understands Ukrainian politics say to Americans who, you know, would like to reduce or even cut off aid to Ukraine on the grounds that Ukraine is not a democracy or that Ukraine is Just irredeemably corrupt.
1: Um, So like whenever I talk to people from abroad, especially from the United States, I kind of, in terms of Ukraine, you have to divide them into like three categories. First are those who are clearly pro-Russian and either have some motives to say things like they say, like either monetary or ideological. I mean, these are people who are pro-Russian. They will not change their mind. They like Putin. They like Russia. They don't care about free and prosperous and independent Ukraine I don't usually think it's talking to these people will change anything these people need either have to be left alone or if it's a, it's if it's a scheme if it's monetary kinda of incentive that they have should be looked into and you know probably prosecuted if that's a that's a campaign or whatnot then there are just people who are misinformed and these are the people I usually like to talk with because they don't have bad intentions they are just don't know because before the 24th of february most of these people couldn't point ukraine on the map which is not right. bad it's just it just is you cannot blame them i cannot go around saying like how dare you not know where ukraine is well i couldn't point certain states on the map of the united states because i just didn't ever have to think about it so it's fine and talking to these people is usually it, it's not, it's not bad. They they, they they will listen to you. It's not, doesn't mean they'll change your, their opinions, uh, you know, immediately, but it works. For instance, I had a lot of conversations with very religious people from the United States that believed that Zelensky, by banning uh, Moscow Patriarchy Church in Ukraine, that it's really persecution based on religious views, which it absolutely isn't. These people believe it because they think it's a church, it's a religion, and now it's banned. So you know, not good. But what they don't know is that that part of the Orthodox Church of the uh, in Ukraine is basically like this FSB department. They have right. no concept. Yeah, it's not a religion; it's an instrument. So, and if you, you explain this, your
0: Carol is KGB.
1: Yes, yes, and they have. They don't know it, and again, they don't don't have to know it. It's just we will have to like. I always think about making these materials that would make these concepts a bit more accessible to them so people can actually look into what that is because we have a lot of those in Ukrainian, but nobody's gonna translate it or Google it in Ukrainian. So explaining these things helps them change their minds a lot and these are this is the core audience that you, you know people because there are a lot of misinformed people through no fault of their own. It's just how the world works. And that's why I have to explain these things. And this is why your channel is so important. That's why we're sitting here and talking about this. It's not just like our opinions. It's, you know, we're trying to... And then there are people who just like Russia, but they like it as an abstract concept. Uh, those are usually people who especially studied in like university, studied Russian language and literature. They only right. have this very theoretical knowledge of what Russia is. They've read a book or books. Fiction, usually, written by Russian authors, they spoke a language, never been to Russia, or when they've been to Russia, they've been to the good parts of Russia, like probably a university or a think tank of some sort. Valdei,
0: Valdei Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So in their brains, in their brains, that's what Russia is. Russia is a country of beautiful music, beautiful poetry, beautiful whatever. The problem is, this is the only Russia they know. Yeah. That's the Russian and,
0: soul crowd. That's the, yeah, that's the yeah. mysterious Russian soul the crowd. The mysterious
1: Russian soul. And they believe in their, again, through no fault of their own sometimes. But again, I, I do still have my own little opinion about these Russian departments universities because I believe they're, they're agents of influence as well. Absolutely. But the, yeah, and these people are very difficult to persuade or explain anything to them because... It's 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 heartbreaking, you know. You've been studying this beautiful thing, or maybe you just enjoy Russian literature or Russian cinema. I think there is something called Russian cinema. Anyway, you've been doing that your entire life, and then suddenly somebody tells you not to consume it because these, you know, these people support genocide and whatnot. But 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 this, how could a nation that has written such a book? Be so, you know, bloodthirsty. It's impossible. And these people or like, people watch movies about Russia. People think that communism is a good thing because they never lived in a communism, you know? These people. It's very difficult to talk to them because it's not rational. It's very emotional. And the only way to fix it is actually to show them. I mean, now, not possible, but bringing them to actual Russia would help. It's just you can't and you shouldn't. Please don't go uh, if you're watching. Don't this, go to Russia. Don't go to Russia. Don't it's go to not Russia. That not because I don't like them. I don't, but also it's very dangerous. Like probably because you won't leave. You probably will never leave. Yeah. So um and so these are the three. That, the first ones, the, the ones I mentioned, that are like very ideologically charged and probably on the payroll. I don't usually. I I can't afford to spend time trying to even though having. Discussions with them online, especially, is helpful because I look at the uh, um, at the statistics on Twitter and I see that I uh, the reach is far greater than the amount of likes. So, seven hundred people saw my reply, which probably helped, but it's a waste of resources. I think most importantly, we have to first talk to those who can be persuaded through rational thought with facts that they just don't know, and then we can move on to those very passionate pro-Russian. But it's always been a very <clears throat> very interesting thing for me because they're nostalgic about the thing they never knew. It's very interesting how people oh, can be nostalgic, uh, like, so nostalgic for the Soviet Union you never went to. Like, it's it's weird. <laughs> we have, we used to, I mean, now it's different, but we used to have this whole generation of, like, young Ukrainians, like, oh, you know, USSR was probably so sweet, and I'm like, you can't miss it, you've never seen it. <laughs> like, don't Wow, don't you do really that. had
0: that in Ukraine? A little you tiny. Had, you, like, had, this- you had tankies in Ukraine? <laughs>
1: Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, everybody has tankies because again, it's very easy to be a tanky when you've never been. Um Yeah. I had when, a really... never,
0: when, when there's no Gulag, it's easy to be a tanky. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was I
1: had I had a very very like uh, horribly aggressive discussion a couple of years ago with this um I think he was he was Swedish. Um he but he he he, he was uh, this guy was he was homosexual and everything and he was very, you know, social like a great social. He was trying to prove to me that USSR was great. And I was like, you would be in a prison. because <laughs> 'Cause you're yeah. gay. And he was like, Well, we're talking about economy. I'm like, No no no, it, it comes in a package. It's it's a thing. When you talk about USSR, it's not like communism good, everything else. No, no, no. This is this isn't how it works. So yeah, talking to these people is 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 difficult, but should be done anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and I think your your priority order is right because my my intuition is always that you know the the people who watch Tucker, let's say, could be convinced, whereas Tucker himself probably
1: it's a whole different story. They invited me like three times to go on his show, Um, and when we were in the states with our delegation, yeah, they did. They invited you. Why didn't
0: you? Why didn't you go on his
1: show? See, listen, you were the same. So. I, I am going to sl- explain, <laughs> oh my god. I know, I know. So they invited me, um, so I think it was twice to Tucker Carlson's show, and once to this, uh, what's her name, uh, Laura something? Laura I mean, Ingram? And other- yeah. You should have gone on
0: Laura Ingram. Why <laughs> is she going on these shows? That's great.
1: I didn't go because, uh, I, first of all, I was all confused and not as, not as not nearly as, you know, confident. Now I'd probably go. But it was like second or third month of war. I was all over the place. And I talked to some people, you know, who gave me advice. And they said that you will never be able to out, um, like, out-argue him. I don't know how to say it. Out-crazy them. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's just going to, he's very, because he is very talented. And he is very manipulative. And, goes, and you're so, you know, nice and Ukrainian and very passionate and he's going to find your weak spot, and he's going to destroy you, and you're not going to persuade mm-hmm. anybody. You see, and now I... Th- I like I listen, don't buy and then that. I, You see, I, it was a weird time in my life, man. I slept for, like, three hours a day, and yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to make it. A- so I decided not to go, not to feed the troll, so to speak. And then we went to the States with Pratula Foundation, so, like, uh, a couple of months later, like a month ago or two, and we met with the ambassador... Uh, uh, to their state, to uh, the Korean ambassador, and we spoke. And she was like, "Oh my God, I we cannot get into those on airs. We really need to go to Tucker, and we need to talk." To her. I was like, "I was invited, like to." "And, she like, and you didn't go?" And she like yelled yes. at me for a good couple of minutes because like you should have gone. And I was like, "I don't know. I'm sorry, Mrs. Ambassador. Please don't. Yes. Please don't get angry." <laughs> no, 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 it's different now. It's different now, but it's funny.
0: You would have, you would have done great. I, 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 yeah. And you and you still could if the opportunity arises again. I mean, I no, I, I now, I'll really... go.
1: now I'll go. <laughs> these, platforms,
0: these platforms are so massive and they and they reach such an important kind of segment of the population. I mean, I I, I just I don't know.
1: I I, no, I, I, I did go on that. Fox and Friends first. So I kind of I, I went Fox on MSNBC and, Fox and, and get... Fox and Friends first. Yeah, I didn't kind go of like to Clarkson <laughs>
0: friends, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson. But 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 I but but you know, I mean I um I, I don't think I I just have a suspicion that a lot of the you know, kind of anti-Ukraine rhetoric that he that he spouts really um resonates with most Americans. I mean, it's a whole package, right? I mean, it's like he's he's offering this whole kind of anti-establishment you know, um, kind of reactionary worldview. And it's,
1: I think some of it... It's, yeah. It's, it's a typical of it Russian propaganda. If you know that your audience... it's Timothy Snyder said that in his daily lectures about Ukraine. If you uh, know that your audience doesn't like something, call the people you want to destroy Ooh. that. So if your audience doesn't like gay people, call them gay. Them. If they like gay people, call them Nazis. If they, you know, all of these things. So that's what he does. He goes, my audience doesn't like Biden. Let's say that Biden supports these guys. Done. They won't yeah. care. For instance, if you know, if these guys are in a right or in wrong, doesn't matter because the guy we don't like supports them. It makes them bad guys automatically, and that's how just it, it just unravels them.
0: To- totally. I mean, and 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 I guess the. The fact that this sort of reactionary crowd who seem to otherwise very much support the concept of the nation state and sort of the strong territorial integrity and sovereignty and all this kind of thing don't support Ukraine is absolutely wild. I mean, I mean, I mean, like from just an objective backed up standpoint, like Ukraine is like the image of the nation state fighting against an imperial you know colonial empire right now i mean it's like the, in in a very real sense you know ukraine reflects what they would like to see in the world that's what that's what's so amazing about ukraine is ukraine is this is this area where like there's kind of something for everybody, you know, it's like it's like if you're yeah, liberal, true. you're for Ukraine, if you're reactionary <laughs> you're for Ukraine, if you're, you know, no matter what it is, like, I don't understand how you could take the Russian side unless you're, you know, just eating that that propagandistic kind of perspective. unless
1: unless you as a person perceive the world as a very, like, two sided thing where there and I want you to remember this for some people there is no other imperialism other than United States imperialism. Some people believe that Russia is incapable. That, I mean, that's not imperialism because it can only be Western imperialism. And a lot of people believe that. And and sometimes a person you would expect to agree with you because they're anti-imperialistic. You go, listen, Russia is bad because all of the things you don't like. And they go, no, 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 they're not. It's the U.S. And you're like, but... You're, no, it's actually not even like because the U.S. is so far away, and it's it, establishing a, like a colony like this is ridiculously difficult now. Whereas we have a border right here, and you can see throughout the years how this power play has been how Russia has been exerting their power over Ukraine, and they're like, no, no, because there's no such thing as Eastern like Russian imperialism. It's not a thing for them, and it's it's really interesting how that. Because we never, in Ukraine, there is no such thing as Western imperial, like, the concept is non-existent, uh, like, except for those, like, two, three tankies that we had before. There was no, people were not scared of the United States ever. It was not a discussion. They were either a friend, because, you know, they come all the time and say things, like, and they're nice. give money, you know. And we're fun. Yeah, they're (laughs) fun, they're happy. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of Ukrainians moved to the States, and we have the diaspora, which is very vocal. It was never a fear factor, like you know, oh, the states are going to come and exert. N-. Nobody. The only people who use that argument were actually the pro-Russian assets who are now currently in Russia fleeing. Yeah, the they're gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I always think of that. There's that great, a great, great, great classic meme. Now there's so many classic memes, you know. But but the but the the, the anime one with the guy and the butterfly, and it's is this imperialism, and it's literal imperialism. You know, I mean, like, like there's this is the most classic
1: imperial war ever. And I mean, I I just like. (laughs) And and the funny thing is that they are. They're very um, they're it's not a secret. They're very explicit. Yeah. They're like, we want to <laughs> occupy Ukraine because it's not a real country. And like, no, but the, United, <laughs> this is, this but the is, United States. Yeah.
0: It's totally like John Mearsheimer and Stephen Walt, who just keep coming out with op-ed after op-ed. That's like, that's like, oh no, it was definitely NATO expansion. And it's like that Putin will come out the next day with a speech, it's like, uh, I actually don't care about NATO. Uh, I'm invading Ukraine because I want to kill all Ukrainians. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, like- well, well, he's just saying that. <laughs> you know it's like
1: what what is going on i also love this like ever uh, like very scary nato that is like expanding aggressively yeah. and <laughs> somehow isn't here still yeah. whereas you know russia and, and... who's just defending their interests is all over the place and, and the
0: allies who had to talk for almost a year before we delivered a single tank you know yeah. like i mean it's just it's just like yeah no totally it's it's very uh i don't know
1: deep deep, it's, deep it's, no, it's really fr- it's really frustrating cuz you're battling like you don't you don't battle somebody's arguments. You don't have to come up with like good arguments of your own to to counter their arguments. You're just like battling crazy stuff 24/7. You're like nonsense, which is exhausting.
0: Well, that's why what you do is so important because it's narrative and counter narrative, it is not facts it is not evidence i mean i mean facts and evidence don't matter at all to stephen walt john meersheimer sam cherub i mean it's just like they're going to continue pumping out the same filth regardless of what facts and evidence are right i mean like like regardless i mean putin's given (laughs) countless speeches at this point where he says i'm invading ukraine because ukraine is a (laughs) colony basically you know Uh, i mean like come on you know so
1: so and you say facts don't matter, but Anita, I remind you that we have a beautiful invention from a couple of years ago, a beautiful term coined by a, a, by a president of the United States called alternative facts. So people yeah. do have alternative facts for that's you. Right. So facts don't even matter at this point, which yeah. is sad. Well, it is is—it is sad, but
0: I think that, you know, it's important to acknowledge the world you're in. And I think you've done that. I think that's why your your voice has been so important and why so many, you know, Sery Sternyanko's voice is so important. Petula's voice, you know, so on and so forth, is because we need to we need to create that other stream of narrative that's you know that's 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 showing the truth, you know, um, that is fact based, even if it's not believed because of the facts, and it's more believed because you know we make some jokes and we ridicule (laughs) you know like it's it's more it's more people pay attention more because it's entertaining than it's than it's fact based. But if it helps, good. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Melania, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure to talk with you. I hope you'll come on again in the future.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I love talking about these things, so we should do it again.
0: (laughs) Yes. We'll see you around. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.